0: Here? Here you go. Free Your
1: Mind. The Free Mind Sessions Podcast, a community that comes together to share opinions and experiences in the hopes of gathering enlightenment on various themes surrounding social, creative, and business topics. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Free Mind Sessions. My name is Nyashomba Gidu, and in studio with me today we have Kirindi Odindo, who is a practicing psychologist and psychotherapist and I'm really really excited because today we are talking all about love and how we conceive it and how we perceive it and how we we continue to practice it in our day-to-day lives um yeah so Kirindi which is so weird for me to say because I always refer to as doctor but today it's a kind of chill session and we just want to get into the into the meat of understanding love and how we also continue to practice it in our day to day lives
0: yes (laughs) Kirindi thank you so much for having me I mean on a topic like love Mm -hmm. I would always find my way to this space because it is one of our most complex topics Yes. but As you've introduced me, I am a practicing uh, psychologist and consult as a psychotherapist as well and as a coach. So there's so much to discuss on this and I'm really looking forward.
1: Yeah, because one of the things that I was asking people is that when did people first experience love? You know, we... We, we always see it from the point of birth like with our mother and then there's points in which when we become young teens we, we do now either have affection or care for the opposite sex and how does that play like how do we almost transfer the kind of um, love that we are experiencing from the say from the point of motherhood and then now as we continue with our other relationships in our other lives
0: Yeah, I think um, in in our world, if we had to be a little more technical, we'll talk about the issue of attachment Mm. and how attachment really plays up with a love story. Mm -hmm. And this you rightfully put is you know it begins from childhood. It begins from when you're a baby Mm -hmm. and how you've been received into the world Mm -hmm. and that reception sort of sows the seed and it starts planting a space in which we understand connection, mm-hmm. we understand rejection, yeah. we understand engagement, mm-hmm. we understand nurturance, mm-hmm. and we understand the salient values that come within what we call love. Okay. And, and it depends on the definition, doesn't it, Jonas? It's what are we saying love is? Yeah, like what is love? What What is love? And that can be thrown out there for anybody to really decipher, to dissect because what one person refers to as love Mm -hmm. might not necessarily look the same. So are you coming from a religious angle? Are you coming from the much more philosophical space at what Mm. people are talking love is? Are we looking at love as an act Mm. or love as an emotion or love as a spiritual experience of who we are. Mm -hmm. And if that be so, then where does the physicality come from? So hopefully through this session and the other recordings that you've had, people will be able to sort of put together for themselves Mm. um, what they see love is. Because you see, you've got this more um, philosophical agape love mm. which is then considered to be the high end the higher being and, 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 and the then
1: being it's space. much more bigger than Absolutely. us and that's what we say that love goes around and um literally what we are trying to understand is the the, the emotional like you've said something very important the, the more emotional standpoint of where does it come from how do we understand it and how do people in the sense What's the word I'm trying to look for? I don't know. It's just the way in which we we, we have these different perceptions, which I want us to break down. You said something very important, which is in regards to also rejection, which is something that I think happens very early on. Um, We may have not been able to articulate properly where it comes and that's where we sort of like have this snowball effect of, okay, somebody did not give me this enough love. Like, my parents didn't show me love, so I go and look for it elsewhere, you know? Um, And how does that play out in your
0: future, you know? Oh, and, and thank you, because you have no idea how almost every single day... Yeah. ...the people we have to work with according to what goes on or what goes wrong... Yes. ...I would probably say... It's really about how they have connected with the world outside of them, but also how they have connected with the world inside of them. Because partly right. our integration, and integration meaning the way we bring the different components of who we are, and whether those lie in balance or in harmony Mm -hmm. with what's outside of us has much more to do with a sense of self-efficacy, self-worth, self-esteem, and that belongingness, that feeling that I am a part and a vital part and a valuable part of something so much bigger than me. Yeah. Is that sense that comes from childhood? So you can only imagine where you've been born in a place where that connection with your key and you know the the, the primary caregiver has been one where they have not been able, for whatever reason, mm. to give you that sense of self. Yeah, and you have always had to struggle to make yourself valuable, to make yourself understood, to make yourself seen, Mm. to make yourself accepted. Yes. It will obviously create the frame Mm. and the baseline with which you see your world. And it doesn't matter what people do out. It will never be enough. Cause you you're not enough. Yeah, and, because and it was, was never. Yeah, it was never
1: given to you. Absolutely. So you don't know how to give it to. And that's something that I always, you know, I ask myself this question: the way in which um, I'm attracted to someone, what, what, wh- why do I get attracted to them? You know, almost because I mean, growing up in a single fatherhood, the qualities that I seem to be very much attracted is it seems the way my dad would be like that sense of security, that sort of calmness, that sort of, you know, like he would say he was, he was a Virgo. So he'd be like that balance Mm -hmm. (laughs) in life. Mm -hmm. And you, without knowing it uh, psychologically, you are attracted to the, to the sort of love that you are given, the sort of um, emulation your parents gave it to you. And then you see oftentimes, and maybe you can give us examples is when people have struggled in that space to enjoy and enjoy the love from parents especially they tend to either it can go two sides like they don't um they can either be cold and 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 unfortunately be as heartless as they could be or they could be actually seeking more which is what we we want to understand how we get attracted to
0: outside mates and 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 I was just, I mean, you couldn't couldn't have taken the words out of my own mouth in, in, in looking at it going two ways. So you either get neglect sending that kind of hidden trauma mm. on a much more subconscious level, because I think there's many people who are not aware mm-hmm. that they function in this way in relation to other. Yes. And the other doesn't have to be... S- A significant intimate partner. It could be the relationships with family, could be the relationships with friendships, could be even within offices and workplace. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the sense of how threatened am I by connecting to others in a way that is secure and free or how how threatened am I in seeking out the things I need so sometimes you might get people who give you the attention you want and that is so foreign to you you run even though it makes sense that that's what you actually need and why is that because you never got it because it just why, why is the uncomfortable. Why is that the, the first
1: um, reaction towards when something actually seems good? Why, do, as
0: human beings, do we feel like it's repulsive almost? And it's not always. It depends on what you have constructed in your mind. So if your neglect has made you much more defensive, much more maybe narcissistic in the way mm. you work around people, where you've built up walls, yeah. where your emotional sense and uh, literacy or intelligence as we say with EQ is so diminished that I am unable to describe what is going on with me, I'm unable to describe what's going on around me, then it is foreign because I can't describe it. I don't know it. I was not taught to attune myself to it but I was also not taught to be able to circumvent it.
1: Then I there's see. the
0: other lot mm-hmm. where I understand it's a missing piece in my jigsaw puzzle. Yes. It's a huge missing piece. And we don't know how to describe that. And I don't that. know how to fill it up. Or I have tried and I have failed. But I recognize from the other that they're giving me what I didn't have. So I keep running for it. Mm. I go, I go chase it. I chase mm. it so hard that it is now neediness. Mm-hmm. It is now. Cleaniness. Cleaniness. It yeah. is an overly possessiveness. And and these are things we,
1: we will never understand until we we start to see it in, in real time. And you know, like, for example, um, when you start to see, like when I, I used to hear this thing of, especially we, women that never grew up with their dads, they have daddy issues. And um, what used to bother me is that I never experienced this because I was like, I'm actually experiencing more of mummy issues <laughs> the, exp- the, the, the the love that I never I suck from from females in my space to just feel that void of having there being a female figure and that was like something like what you' you're explaining right now is what we seek and we may not be able to um how do you say uh,
0: <laughs> in articulate it articulated and it there mm. and, and really be able to put your finger on the pulse of what's going on. But I think one thing you also need to remember is there are many of us who've grown up in two-parent households. Yes. But those two-parent households, they themselves were not very functional. Yes. Because that relationship was affected by something else. Yeah. And so you have these generational patterns mm. that show up that still mean that you might have um, a checklist of the do's and that look okay but the do's don't translate into the feeling of the being. And so I might have had very present parents, they might have always attended to maybe my physical needs or attended to all the needs that check out. Yeah. according to basic needs and resources mm-hmm. but then we've got this emotional needs and For so many of us within our African context, that emotional space is not a space that we necessarily had to fill in knowingly. So this westernized way of living behind closed doors, with fences, with walls, in our little cocoons, removed from our support structures as we've known them, means we're more exposed to having few people give us very little. Yeah. Few people give us so much. Yeah, and it 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 it's it's think of it as a resource. Huh? If that same well that always was filled by so many people, yeah, is now only filled by two parents, and you've got all these kids really trying to draw out of that well. How fast can they replace it? Whereas in our communities, we had people filling up the well. That's why they say that the family uh, kids are raised by the village. That technically it's supposed to be and in western societies they've gone back to that concept you go to school near where you live yes. you have all these community the there. centres there's a park there's a community centre There are community libraries there is social services that you can go and draw from and now look at us in Kenya and you tell me where we are supposed to go and fill up that well. So there's so many different tiers and levels that we can now start looking at. What is love? You know, That's is the love question about asking just my home, even if I didn't get it, who was there to fill the gap before mm-hmm. that could do it for me to still feel wholesome enough to give of myself in any relationship wholesomely without fear or favor or panic Or toxicity, Mm. which is what we're seeing in so much that's going wrong within our space today. Yeah, because I think with everything, when we give something,
1: we have this, is it like a fallacy of expecting, not consciously, but expecting that it will come back somehow because we do all these things for someone. And as, you know, like for parents, we we do it because these are our children. We do it when we're in a relationship because we love this person. But then there's that almost... It has to come back in a way um, that we don't want psychologically, but we want to feel the need that somebody has our back in some ways. And and maybe this is like what I was uh, uh, wanting to explore today is the unrealistic expectations we have as we grow and we realize that, you know, we do all these things subconsciously, consciously to our loved ones. And especially in a relationship, especially, I mean, you expect the, 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 the return back.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, you know, you can look at it from two ways. From a therapeutic space, mm. is it unrealistic? From a therapeutic space, I get you completely, but is it really unrealistic to look for the basic emotional needs yeah. that you didn't get? But you still need. Yes. Is that unrealistic? Number one. Number two, would you say it is unrealistic for people to look for food and shelter and clothing and their water Mm. and their sleep? No, we wouldn't. Their basic needs. Their basic needs. And we don't see it as such. But yes, is it logical that in this space, particularly within intimate relationships, yeah. Or even now, what you're seeing in work relationships, you expect your line supervisor, your HR, or whoever is looking out for you or your peer to be the person to fill the gap. Yeah. So, are you going to the wrong person for the right thing? To the wrong person for the right thing. Wow. Okay. You know, and I think <laughs> we need to unpack it that way. Mm. We need to unpack it that way. We need to really come to a space where we need to sort of see, is this logical? Is it rational? Hmm. Maybe the need is not the context. Mm-hmm. And if the context doesn't match w- what it is that you need, then the misalignment happens. You're not aligned. The You're m- driving at different speeds, basically. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So someone somewhere is leaving someone behind. Definitely, absolutely, and someone's burning rubber, and it depends how fast you're going. Yeah? yeah, you know, and 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 this is where so much that you see today that is being called entitlement, and you know the narcissistic nature of millennials, and mm. what it is, and their inability to share, and, and you the, know, and the vulnerability of
1: just meeting someone and, and and being honest and actually what I like to say wearing your hat on your sleeve basically because you feel that because past um, intentions have happened and you feel like this is going to be history repeating itself when it could have been the best opportunity of your life but because of what happened you're going to like completely cut yourself off and miss on a great opportunity to meet someone who actually really cares and I think
0: that, that's the, the what we are saying, the missing point people. So really in that more love yeah. relation. But I always um, also go back to mm-hmm. juxtaposing this or placing it in a place of work relation as well. Mm. Because I think our work places have become our life. They have really replaced so much. The other day I did an interview on Citizen around um, you know love at work. And I have continued doing a lot of research on this. Yeah. Because... When is it that love at work goes wrong? When is it that it actually becomes... Like people, two people working to together and yeah. still working at the same and time. Is that what at you mean? Same. It was always give or take within my generation frowned upon. Mm-hmm. But I think that was before people really trusted people to have the boundaries that they needed. Yeah. But with the boundaries that we need and looking at the kind of time we spend... What is the return on an investment of a job that takes, you know, your blood, sweat and tears? Yeah. And if there is the opportunity, there is no guard around your heart Mm -hmm. and around what attracts you. However, should you be safeguarding that space and therefore asking a few more questions before either putting your guard solo or putting your guard so, so high. high, and what's that happy medium? Mm. And what will it take to recognize what that happy medium is? And this starts with that self awareness. If you don't do your self work, there yeah. is no way you're ever going to know where your resonance is. And resonance, yeah, that the way your own energy patterns really work together so much to do with the other person if yes. you don't recognize how you resonate within yourself how will you know whether that resonance is interfered with it's kind of our recording isn't it yes and really having the um, signals of moving up in our volume moving down in our volume because there is a fixed space that is optimal yeah, and this is what we're looking for. But if we don't know what it is, then that, you keep on looking. That's the thing you I was going to. I, that's the thing I was going to ask you. Is because
1: is it that we just don't know what it is we most want? Most as of you us don't know, we meet someone and it's like okay, they they seem to be checking some of the boxes, and I say boxes in air quotes. But then it's like also we really, as ourselves, we don't know what it
0: is we are looking for. Jonas, they check the boxes at which stage? Let me tell you, we all know how to have a good cup of tea, yeah? Yeah. Around a table, we all know how to have a good cup of tea. We all, how many people have you met who show their worst selves in the beginning? Nobody. No one, not even ourselves. We here in the studio don't do that. Yeah. Because it is not the human way. We all want to be loved. We all want to be acknowledged. So bringing those monsters from the beginning
1: oh, is no. what is going to repulse everybody.
0: Yes, in. unless you're a purely narcissistic uh, personality disorder or what we call the dark triad, you're sociopathic, mm-hmm. you're psychopathic mm-hmm. and you've got narcissism in there. Mm-hmm. Who does that? It's not human. It's not natural. We show our best sides. Look at children when they meet. Mm-hmm. They don't come meeting and then the first thing they do is box the other person. Yeah, They come in and they look and they smile and they run to each other and they go in and hug. That's our natural selves. So we've got to ask when the messaging came in to shift our belief system, Yeah, when the experience came to shift our emotional temperatures yes. around other. And if we don't know what that means for us, how do you take yourself to other to another person, to another person, and that's a whole people, that's
1: our whole energy on itself.
0: Huge. This is why conflict happens in the world. I do a lot of peace and security work as my side gig, which is becoming side a huge gig? gig. I know. <laughs> oh it my God, like security as a side gig. But that's what that's I do. That's huge work. I do huge work in training in military centers in peacekeeping because it reached a point I realized we. Can't just pick up one by one by one. Mm. The conflicts we see outside mirror the conflicts within us. Yeah, I mean that's why some people went to war is because somebody
1: slept with somebody's wife, you know, or took your cattle,
0: or
1: Or, or, raided the next thing, or took your resource, or they. And then they make a whole country go into battle with each other. And
0: their need at that time is actually a real need, but it's a real need, you know, chased by the wrong energy. And this is where all this healing work, whether mind, energy healing, um, mindful healing, whether we're talking about community embodiment practices, our physical sensory integration. If you look at the healing practices in the world today, yeah, from all dimensions, yes. Everybody wants one thing. We want peace. We want contentment. But then I don't fulfilment. know what it
1: is that makes us then think we need to sort of disrupt that. Because I feel this, if you look at history, look at how from time to time to time, there's been points where we always have a point where guys are going to war. And I don't know if it's just the, 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 the feeling of things can't be in intran- tranquil like this, or is it just the, the, the feeling of what we are saying, the emotional uh turmoil that's happening that needs for for you
0: to like release it out. You know? And that's on other people to have to do that. I mean it's such a large topic and I tell you, whoever comes up with why, I'm <laughs> sure there's a Nobel Prize waiting for them. Because yeah. if you really look at the peace prizes have been really for people who've tried to bring in peace. Kofi um, Annan. This is all old age. Yeah. We have been in conflict for as long as Whether we think of ourselves from an evolutionary space or for those of us who are believers from a more religious space, conflict came from day zero. Now, I did chemistry in high school. Didn't go very far. But I truly believe in... The theories around chaos, that atoms are all over the place and they are, you know, in chaotic space Mm. until they find their balance, until they release their energies. Yeah. So this is why today you find a lot of people going into energy work, even though it's considered oh mumbo jumbo from more scientific theories. The truth is it works. Mm. The reason acupuncture has worked is because people have energy centers. We have, you know, certain... Centers in our bodies that are spaces where certain things happen. We mm. might not see them. We might know how, know how. Yeah. But if you look at ancient theories and how ancient theories have always worked around healing, yes, and around healing themselves, including African traditional practices in healing, it was never to cause chaos. chaos. It was always to bring it was tranquil. always to bring peace. But chaos always existed. Now, can we accept that we? all have chaotic spaces within us. And that our work is to know how to come above them. And our work is to understand that these things, the yin and yang, these black and white within us, and I say that because yin and yang are dressed that way, is that we do have dichotomies. We have splits within us that bring in from a conscientious side, both positive and negative. Yeah. But how do we find a place where that better angel within us yes. is what shows up and not what is fear-driven that takes us into all the, the more uglier the sides of who of the we are that then we don't show up with our best selves, and that actually is the work we do when we're working mm. within the therapeutic space. It's the yeah. recognition mm. that no matter what, there is no perfection. Yes, and there is no way that we bash ourselves for being human. Yeah, but we do have an obligation mm. within society and to ourselves yeah. to show up as our best selves.
1: No, it's true. I mean, even nature dictates that uh, there's nothing to zero, because zero means it's perfect. But I would say like in terms of getting in like what you are saying into a marriage, for example, into a relationship and you know, it's not just the two of you in that room, for example, it's the whole of the family, the society that you're bringing. And these are two bodies that are coming together. And that's a lot. And if, if that place, if the place where you're coming from is, is of, you know, Instability, chaos. Then that's what you're going to bring to the table, and that's what projects actually. Um, and oftentimes, I'm sure you've seen this in terms when anger comes to play, conflict, divorce. Just misunderstanding of some sorts that we we often see. It's not even just the fact that it's from me. It's 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 generational. <laughs> you know, we we've been saying it's generational that we need to break the curses because even you know what scared me the most. I, I think is seeing my parents go through a divorce and seeing the fact that. I don't know, it used to scare me a little bit that will I ever be able to have a very stable relationship because I've never seen it, like I've never seen an example, but I shouldn't
0: bring this sort of curse to myself, you know. But let me ask this, and and I mean, it's lovely. We're having, you know, just a really easy and real kind of podcast and nobody's coming in here as expert. I don't even say I'm an expert. That's why we are not calling you doctor today. I know. We are not calling you doctor today. (laughs) This one is so convoluted that it needs um, understanding and unpacking from the side in which you want to see it. So I love that you said, this is my fear. I don't want to repeat patterns. However, however, what are you doing to ensure that patterns are not repeated. Now, that's the question I would ask you from that relationship coaching space, from the life coaching, from a productivity coaching, from a therapeutic space. Have you dealt with your 0 to 12 years of life, 0 to 15 years? Have you dealt with what your blueprint is saying about you? Mm. So that you know when you step out and put your A game on, yeah. That this A game has come from this kind of coaching. Yeah, Because we expect to win games, mm. matches. Do you know how long it takes for people in Premier League <laughs> to be in that, you know?
1: Formula One.
0: Formula One space to win. But we can put all that energy yeah. into trying to produce success from a very expensive Internal space, but we don't want to do it from an internal space. And I don't know why, well, and that's
1: the I mostly that's the clear. work we need to do. Like it scares. It, it, I think it scares a lot of us because we, you know, it. I don't know. It's almost like the way we say the wolf in the sheep's clothing. Yeah. The real sides of
0: you will be shown. Well, yes, and not only the real sides. Painful memories, painful realities, yeah. and. Because... What does world, that look like? The world is pushing... A lot all on of just uh, you know. Let's all deal in some fantasy reality, Shangri La. Mm-hmm. We're we're living a world that we paint the way we need to paint. I love that message. You can, you know, your world is an is a canvas. Go paint it in whichever colors, mm-hmm. but your colors must be realistic. If you're gonna steal someone else's joy by getting the colors you need on your canvas, oh, then it doesn't then make sense. the total, you know, is not any kind of harmony. Yeah, because you cannot get. Get harmony as a power of one, yes. You can get your inner peace as a power of one, yeah. but harmony is not yours to have. Harmony is in relation to something outside of you mm-hmm. because it's a relativity on the basis. But in terms of inner balance, yeah, in terms of finding your own stillness and calmness yeah. for you to find your self fulfillment, that belongs to you. But if it is at the cost of somebody else, then it isn't. No, because that's what we were saying, the
1: sort of hyper-manifestation of like manifesting into the universe. But if internally you are going out there and not um, projecting the real self of yours, what happens next? Other people are going to suffer because of your negligence on doing the right work.
0: True. And the whole idea of manifestation and why the law of attraction and all of that is so important is because... It works on energies. It works on that reverberation and that idea that we all exude an energy. Yeah. And those energies are felt. And this is why sometimes you might think of someone so strongly and they call you. Oh, yeah. And then they like, say, Oh, man, I've just thought about you. Yeah, how we is that? We don't understand it. How did that come there to be? There's no science around it, but the energy, work, people. And we know it happens. Yeah. We know that you can enter a space and you feel people. You know that you can be asleep and feel people around you. Or feel something you about to happen. In the other direction. And when people walk in a room... You feel them in the room. So we do know that we have a a real energy in our physicality. Now that emotional energy, that spiritual energy that allows for us to be in, um, in synchronicity. Yes. And in sync with our spaces so that those spaces go on to be in sync with the spaces around them is what creates a world that we want to live in. And all you need to do is look at young children being raised in a toxic home. Mm. they're not going to be smiley happy kids their their teachers will tell you the people around you their sleep will tell you their eating will tell you their crying will tell you so they might not have words they might not have the understanding and the capacity to be able to put sense or make sense rather around what it is but they know this is what we're talking about, really. And if we don't come into tune with what this is, that's why meditation is is really becoming a powerful tool today. This is why mindfulness is becoming. This is why people are going into yoga. We want balance. We we've got a world that is sending message that it's we so are funny you pressing. mentioned this because that's our theme
1: for this month. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, like we are actually going into that topic this month. So it's, it's oh, that um, is
0: amazing. Yeah. And I am... Um, I used to tell people to do yoga until I needed yoga. You know, not not like I needed it for my own sanity. I don't even know how you do it. I mean, and I had to. And I remember saying to myself, "What is the point of telling everybody uh-huh. what to do? How to do it? Yeah. When to do it? If I can't use my own space and how to... And then one day when I was in my own life crisis, yeah, I remember thinking, goodness me. And I'm sitting in Sydney, I'm coming from the dentist, from this panic attack, and I'm coming on that train. The first thing I did is walk in and book yoga sessions, swipe my card, and I said, that's it. And... I Do the right thing. Do the right thing. Yeah. I mean, who are you kidding? I know where the problems are. Yeah. But I cannot just have a cognitive way of dealing it's just not my thoughts it's also getting my body in check getting my emotions in check yeah. getting my social space in check so really looking at yourself from all angles yeah from that whole pizza you can't decide there's only one slice that's good enough it the has to be the whole of yes you do a pizza can you imagine going to buy a pizza and then you find two huge slices missing <laughs> would you still pay top dollar for that no or your shillings for that? No, you'll say, hey, wait a minute, where's the rest of my pizza? But we do that when it's external, but we're ready to constantly sacrifice our own pizza slices, yet we want to pay for the full premium. You know, so we are our worst enemies in so many ways, but we've been taught that. We've been taught not to value our individual selves because in many ways it's seen as hedonistic, it's mm-hmm. egotistical. And of course, that does happen when it goes wrong. Mm-hmm. But when it goes right and we find that happy medium in how to feed ourselves so we can feed others, and they always use this analogy... Put the oxygen mask on yourself first. You can, first, so that you can save others. So you can then put. There's it on no the way next you can person. be able to save
1: others without. Or what we say, don't pour from an empty cup. Absolutely. Because that
0: that way you are not helping anybody. You will not be in your. Best shape. Now you're seeing the signs of well-being, the whole idea of happiness, the whole it's always been there, but we could source it more naturally. Now we have to go chase it and buy it mm. and invest in it. And invest in it. Yes, it's the world we decided to construe. And I think breaking up our African way of living. And we you know there's a huge movement on decolonizing psychology and really trying to get down to the basic components that allowed us not to have therapists around every corner. Mm. When I was growing up, we didn't have them. I mean, you deal with your own problems and people well, said you We didn't technically deal with our own problems. We had people around us that shared our problems. They saw them before we even saw them. They yeah. surrounded us. They 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 nurtured us. They kept us grounded while mm. we were lifted. Yeah. This is what, I guess, Free Mind is trying to do, bring conversations mm-hmm. to the space where conversations need to be heard. To allow people to thrive. To allow people to
1: thrive, but also in the sense that to be vulnerable. I always say this, I feel like I should even plaster it on my forehead. The vulnerability part is always wanting because we have been taught, like we said, not to be vulnerable. We've been taught that people will use that against you, which is true, but I believe in there will be that one person
0: that you will touch by being your most vulnerable self. And that's what makes people successful on the outside is when they're successful on the inside. Yeah. When they are able to bring the authentic true selves yeah. to bear and to understand that their strength is in what they see their weakness. Yeah. And where they can turn that around. Yeah. Then every space you're in is where you need to be. Mm. Not the default. Yes. So we bring in our A game. Yeah into a space and that is on every level of that pie slice emotionally socially, <laughs> socially intellectually yeah so you see that the people who are seen to be great leaders hmm. why do you think people loved obama so much he was vulnerable and he threw it out there and he continues to throw it out there yeah and what that's makes what a real man what makes why do i love my wife look this woman he did things that went against the grain Mm. of what is thrown out there of masculinity. And what do we as women, do we throw out our femininity and take on this toxic model that so many people are taking up? Oh, we were talking about this, Kirindi, because you we were saying that
1: this generation of ours is, is especially for women that are empowered, and that's completely fine, but we are also moving in a direction that's a bit toxic for
0: us, also just detrimental. I think you're being kind. If you, listen, we had, I think this was two weeks ago, I had a, a lady in the room, and I was just talking about how I think, women have all the components to be the best leaders because of who we are and this lady at 51 said I think women leaders are toxic leaders and it was sad to hear it from people from a generation where we've had to work so hard to be who we are and work against the grain Mm. but I hear her because society threw out certain kind of gender Roles and norms. And for us to see ourselves where we were as a minority in a space, we had to almost, you know, encompass. Yeah. Encompass and embody a space that's not ours. Now we have to reteach mm-hmm. our space. That, goodness me. There is nothing wrong with femininity. It's beautiful. I think it's actually great. It's but we, we can also
1: be a- our worst enemies Absolutely. if you do. Uh, yeah.
0: And this is why you hear this even in male folk, that women will never sit up there with other women mm. and be able... To trumpet for other women, because we say women are the majority in yes. so many ways, but look at our leadership. And I mean, when I say leadership, leadership as we understand it, because you can be a self-managed leader, yeah. but leadership from a political level, from an executive level, when it's time to do the <laughs> voting, when it's time to do the selection, yeah, what is what do we see? Mm. So we can't pretend. Yeah. We have to come in and really ask ourselves what is going on from that love space. Because it starts with our love energy. Mm-hmm. And the energy has to begin with the self-love.
1: Yeah. No, it's always internal. We always, I always say that you're the most important person in your life. But at the same time, what you project is uh, you know, the, the reflection of who you are.
0: Yeah? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I'm so happy the women of your generation are talking, that you are making sure your voice is heard and you're involving us on an <laughs> intergenerational culture. The bridging platform. of the gap. It's key. Yeah. Because it will otherwise. To be very honest, and this is the saddest thing, is women in our generation, look at your generation, Jonas, and we sort of ask ourselves, is this what we worked so hard for? Because we believe we were in a liberation cycle. We had to to forego so much to be what we are. But now, I'm not even sure we did it right, number one, but look where we are. Mm -hmm. We're with a group of women who young women are happy to slice men apart, that's not the idea. We're here for harmony. Yeah. So you don't come from one extreme with one lot wanting to slice us mm-hmm. and then we think we've won by slicing the other and still call it love? No. Th- th- there's something The extremities have become too no, much. but there's, some, there's a poison somewhere. Our well is poisoned. So if we are growing from water that has been poisoned, yes. we must come And ask ourselves, where is that poison coming from? Let's identify it. Let's clean up the source Mm -hmm. or just dig another well and find a way of analyzing, something drastic has to happen. Otherwise, we are entering a season where when your generation in your 20s land up in your 40s, you will not know what has hit you Mm. because you're going to start seeing societal psychopathology at a level you have never seen it. We were looking at America. America will have nothing on us. Mm. And Kenya is already seeing this compared to the nations around us. You compare us to our Neighbors, psychopathology is on another level. Wow. I mean, and we see it every day. Mm-hmm. We see it. I don't think there's any lot of people mm-hmm. that I know about where you will see parents turning on children and children turning on parents in a level of violence. Mm. And it has, it's, where has it come from? You have to ask that question. But yes, and we are not taking time to do this. We like to be reactionary. Yes. So, oh no, let's go deal. let's go to go to a therapist, let's go to a psychologist. Mm. This is the reaction point of view. Yeah. This is a systemic problem and this systemic issue can only be dealt with when forums are set up that inform policy, that then inform action and intervention. Mm-hmm. If we don't do it this way, yeah. we will be talking like this till the cows come home and your children, John. Okay, me. I don't know if I want to bring children into this world. But a lot (laughs) of people have made that decision from a long time ago that the world is so painful, yet Mm. we should be able to have the pillars in place that allow those who want to exercise their right to motherhood, to fatherhood, fatherhood. to do it, because it is our inalienable right to do it.
1: I mean, I would like a point in especially for everybody wanting to have children and have a family. To get to a point that it's not just about having an offspring, it's more so seeing life in a new way. And I think that's how also what we've been trying to describe is the way we give that love, that it's so selfless. It's not even about generational or trying to keep a line or keep the name going or something like that that it's completely you know i mean we can implement to them what we think is right but allowing them to grow so that they also can have a situation where they are not fighting the same battles that we were fighting a hundred years ago and i feel like that's also unfortunate what i keep seeing even with you know with the protests and things like that is that we keep seeing a repeat pattern um that unfortunately st- I don't know, there's somebody
0: also playing with the heartstrings of
1: everybody to get them to this point, you know?
0: There could be, but this is I think when you look at what's going on in the world today. Yeah. And we see the kind of discontent on I mean, you pick you pick a corner of this globe that's not struggling. Yeah. One or the other. But don't you think as well that No matter which theories we choose to look at the world, and I will say from a religious point of view, that creation was never made to harm itself. But when we, as humans, put creation in a place where it is working against itself, why are we shocked at the result? Mm. Why are we shocked at the result? When having families is done for personal good, as opposed to posterity Mm. of society yeah. and the globe then we have a problem yeah if it is to feed my wounds and my emptiness and, and, my to, and, to, generate and love, to generate that love we... generate that within mm-hmm. and if it is not to bring up a generation that brings love and compassion and kindness and generosity to the world why, why are we I shocked? think we are doing a wrong thing why are we shocked yeah. and this is where our education has always gone into intellectual, yeah. And into cognitive, we have not worked at schooling people on what is going on internally. And I think this is a beginning. It's a wonderful beginning because it's a conversation where people start. Now, the problem is someone says, "Ooh, I recognize there's a problem. What do I then do? Mm. We don't have those spaces mm. available. and this is, These are policy matters. So when you see community mental health yes. in countries out there, they got here. If you look at a lot of the societies we admire because they have found cohesion, look at their histories. Mm. What they're trying is to socially re-engineer themselves. And so this then becomes a sociological issue. It's a psychological issue. It's a philosophical issue. Mm. And it's an anthropological. I mean, it's on so So many many levels. And we must get everybody onto that table discussing where it is we want. Because that love that you talk about, that, oh my goodness, some of us waited a lifetime
1: we just wanted to say thank you so much for everybody that has been tuning in to our podcast we appreciate you so much and shout out to Dr. Kirindi although she does not like to be referred to as Dr. it's Kirindi this time um, if you'd like to reach out and find her she is on on Twitter as Mindset Peace, that is one word uh, Mindset Peace so please reach out if you do have questions or would just like to reach out and special thanks to Verbal Connections who have been our sponsor for this episode and continuing to bring those conversations to the heart. And as always guys thank you and stay free minded.